0: Live to tape from a galaxy far, far away, this is Holonet HQ, and my name is Mazja Herpo. Well, that's at least what I got from the Facebook post that I saw with how to make your real Star Wars name. Actually, I'm Jim Mason, and I'm here alongside a couple of new entries into the Holonet HQ family. Uh, Let's start with ladies first.
1: Hello, I am Nikki Pendley.
0: Hi, Nikki, and then we to her right, which you have no idea what that is in radio. Uh, we have this fine young gentleman here. Hello, my name is Robert Lucchese. and Robert Lucchese and Nikki are joining me for the first time in Holonet HQ. Welcome aboard, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. We're this, part of the
2: HQ canon.
0: That's right. The <laughs> HQ, <laughs> the new HQ canon. So <laughs> well, Somebody should be keeper of the Holocron for that, I think. I, I don't know who. Uh, Nikki, you got the Holocron because it's closest to you right all now. Right. So there you go. Remember all of this. So it's been a while since we've had a Holocron HQ episode. There was our first episode that we had with uh, some friends that of mine who have been deep in the Star Wars mythology for many, many years. Now I brought some other friends who have also been steeped in the Star Wars mythology to different extents over the last few years. So as I'm going to make now a tradition, somebody who's new into the uh, Holonet HQ uh, headquarters, which is currently based out of the high-tech graphic content studio, Uh, again, we're going to go ladies first. Nikki, what was your first experience with Star Wars?
1: Um, I watched A New Hope uh, as a child on VHS oh. and uh, and this back when you know cutting off all the sides from letterboxing was not a thing <laughs> so so when I saw it again in the theaters when they re-released it in the 90s I was amazed at some of the things that I hadn't seen. I was like, "Oh what? Obi-Wan's in this scene? Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, how did so. this happen?" <laughs>
0: and those Jawas swinging from that giant Bronto what? thing?
1: Poutini. <laughs> 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 <So.
0: laughs> yeah,
1: so but I loved it from the start. My my folks got me into it, so
0: good parents. Mm-hmm. How about you, Robert?
2: Well, I'm going to date myself. I actually saw it at the drive-in when it first came out. (laughs) You and
0: I are around the same age, my friend.
1: (laughs) I only missed it by a year.
0: (laughs) That's okay. But but you saw Empire in the theater.
1: Probably. Yeah, probably.
0: You're still a a wee one. Yeah, I
1: just don't remember anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Robert, so you saw it in the drive-in theater. Tell me about what, because I never saw Star Wars in the drive-in. And you are the second person to tell me this. So I need to know what that experience was like for you.
2: Well, from what I remember, just looking up at the humongous screen, I'm like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And just realize that, okay, I'm seeing something that I've never seen before and not realizing it's going to have such a big impact on my life to various degrees over the years.
0: Yeah, I, I was blown away just to kind of go over mine again. Um, I'm, well, I'm not really going to go over it, but it, I didn't realize it at the moment, but I had no idea that I was at that age where it was going to imprint on my whole life to the extent because I saw it when I was seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea, and I don't have kids myself, I had no idea what it was going to do to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, my brother and I, my brother Steve, who, who loves Star Wars also, maybe not to my extreme extent, he loved Star Wars. We both got the action figure sets. We had the Darth Vader action figure collector thing. We had the Hoth play set. We, he had the Millennium Falcon. I had the Snowspeeder. We had all kinds of stuff. But I had no idea that this thing was gonna last me 30 plus years past that point of yep. the film's release. I mean, how how many films can we actually say that, that has done to us? I can't think of any any for me. I, you know?
1: Not many. The other star.
0: I'm gonna yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say crossing the streams just a little bit, yeah. because you know, well, we yeah. are we are all about love to any nerd property. That is the truth. And Let's you know there's our brothers and sisters on the other side of the aisle who are Star Trek fans. I remember going to see Wrath of Khan, and again I was hit with that same nerd energy Mm -hmm. that imprinted my. I think you could probably see it with an electron microscope if you examine a piece of DNA. Probably that there would be like a little like Delta Enterprise shield Mm -hmm. right next to the uh, Rebel Alliance symbol. Yep. (laughs) Well, I saw the motion Star Trek the
2: motion picture. In a theater with my grandpa, yeah. and we were both
0: looking at it, which was more like Star Trek's Guide to the Galaxy. It was it was more of a tour video than
1: yeah,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. an actual
2: movie.
1: <laughs> we don't really want it,
2: but that opening scene when you're seeing the Klingons for the first time after my exposure to being looking like you know regular humanoids, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, who had just
0: been out in the sun too long, exactly. <laughs> and I'm looking at this and I'm like, huh. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we're going to need to do a Star Trek show at some time in the future (laughs) because there's plenty of Trek stuff out there, but this is a Star Wars podcast. Okay, I'm reset now. (laughs) So there's been a lot of stuff going on since the release of the Last Jedi video, uh, the the trailer. And I found out something about Nikki, which I'm starting to see in more and more people, which I think is actually really kind of cool is that she didn't watch the trailer. Robert, how do you feel about that?
2: I'm actually not surprised because <laughs> there's several people that do not want to see the trailer. Yeah. They don't want to know anything what's going on. They want to be surprised, and I respect that. For me, spoilers don't spoil things for me. Stuff like that, you know, it just makes me want to see more.
0: See, I, rem- I, I remember the fact that I'm 48 years old and my memory is beginning to slip now at this point. <laughs> so <laughs> I see a trailer and then all I do is I remember, oh, there are some neat colors in that the next day. <laughs> <Yeah>. so,
1: <laughs> well, I usually feel that same way. Um, uh-huh. And I think that the way that trailers used to be more like teasers, just to get your feet wet and get you interested in coming to see the movie. And Mm -hmm. now they're really giving away a lot. Like, Especially, and I'm totally going to like cross over right now, on Marvel's the new Thor movie, right? Oh, sure. God, I feel like that whole trailer is just giving away everything out of that movie. I feel like we're going to go see the movie and it's going to be, that was the trailer, just a longer version.
0: You know, (laughs) to a point I think you're right because... The first two Thor movies, critically... Now, I really liked the first Thor movie mm-hmm. over the second Thor movie. Yeah. I thought I really enjoyed the first Captain America movie yep. very, very much as well. But Thor, Thor 1, directed by Kenneth Branagh, I thought was just a warm... Yeah, I know this is going to sound weird. A warm and fuzzy but Thor? it was a it was a warm and fuzzy Thor. It was like, "No, I'm kicking you out of the house because you're a jackhole, you mm-hmm. know, and you need to learn some humility. Right, yeah. You can't pick up the heart hammer." Parenting. Get, right. It was it was it was tough love. Yep. <laughs> Just on this cosmic scale. And Thor learned his lesson, picked up the hammer, and beat ass. I mean, what's wrong with that in a superhero movie?
3: Nothing. Nothing.
0: <laughs> not not a thing, but You are right to an extent that trailers have become these mini movies. Mm -hmm. For instance, I saw the trailer for Suicide Squad last year and thought, wow, this looks fantastic. It's like a completely different, I mean, it's going to be kind of heavy metal, punk rock superheroes. Yeah. Or supervillains, I should say. (laughs) And I went to go see this movie and it was utter shite. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it was
0: just, so, as I said on a previous episode of Graphic Content Podcast, uh, our sister show, I thought that the film was a series of complete interlocking music videos in the entire first act of the film, and then the other two acts were just, I don't know, but let's film it, it's cool, we can make an explosion, <laughs> do some CG with this, and hey, get that guy away from the exploding, oh shit, he... Made an explosion there. I, it just, <laughs> to me, it didn't make, the movie just, and David Ayers is a director that I respect because he's done some great films like End of Watch and Fury, which I thought were tremendous hardcore uh, cop and war films, respectively. I thought I was in for a treat given the music video that I saw yeah. that was playing in theaters, and no, it was it was just, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. Everybody's
2: so, entitled to their own Ishtar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You are absolutely correct on that one. Or Waterworld. That that, those are some deep cuts because there will be people listening to this podcast and go, it, what the hell is it? Why am I doing a southern Google accent it. for it? Yeah, just Google, Google, it. Google Ishtar. It's with Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman. I think it came out in like 1986 or 87. And yeah. it, was, it was truly a cinematic abomination, but one that is almost fun to watch. <laughs> It's so bad. It's like Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Oh, God. You're breaking me apart. It's just so ridiculously bad. Um, I broke my cardinal rule and said, um, in the first 15 minutes. But we digress. But we digress. But, you know, Robert, looking to you for a second, the last Jedi trailer, to me, this is episode eight, I was just blown away by them using primarily... Like, I'm respecting Nikki that she doesn't want to see the trailer. We're going to talk about something else I forced her to watch. (laughs) But what did you feel about the last Jedi trailer in the most general terms, not to spoil Nikki's enjoyment of the film?
2: It's going to really, I think, challenge people's conception of what the Jedi are and what they're
0: about. Yeah, yeah. Because you have Luke Skywalker who is this almost figure, living figure out of mythology yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're going to have a book come out, which is going to be written by... It's an anthology book. I think it's for the young readers. Not, not like little, but like the preteen readers, Yeah. like the Journey to the Force Awakens novels, mm-hmm. which will be The Adventures of Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight, which will be by six authors... Who are telling stories that you don't know if they're actual canon or if they're Apocrypha of the Luke Skywalker mythology. Oh wow. yeah. so these could be tall tales, you know, like uh, who was the the uh, Texas the the guy who wrote rode the Whirlwind? was that Tom Swift, the the yeah. cowboy or or Johnny Appleseed or one of these great yeah. American? It'll be folklore set in the Star Wars mythology. All around this this lone Jedi Knight out in the universe, which that's awesome.
1: That is awesome. It'll it'll just be this huge thing of little nuggets of truth with a lot of stretched. Exactly,
0: (laughs) because Pablo Hidalgo said, who's the one of the heads of the Lucasfilm Story Group. uh, There's a famous tweet he made in the lead up to uh, the Force Awakens, which was in truth or in legends, there is always some truth. Yeah. So I'm gonna make sure to read that book and just do nothing. I'm gonna read no comics, I'm gonna read no magazines, I'm gonna read nothing <laughs> except this book, so I can get through it before the film. Right. So it will challenge my preconceptions of Luke Skywalker when I see him actually appear in the film.
1: I like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like
2: that too.
1: I might have to do the same.
0: <laughs> it just sounds like a great intellectual exercise to me.
2: Yeah. But what's interesting is those young adult those young adult books. You know, I've read some of them, and the perfect example is the one, uh, Lost Stars. Oh, my God. And that got in some pretty deep stuff for a young adult novel.
0: Yeah, this was a true YA novel. It was like one part Harry Potter and one part The Fault in Our Stars. Mm-hmm. There was such a deep romance between uh, Thane and, and Sienna You're Right. that... Even, okay, again, I was 47 when I read this book and I'm listening to the to the audiobook because I was traveling a lot for the job I had at the time. And I'm like, Sienna, no, don't say that to Thane. Oh my God, I'm, so, I'm torn apart here. <laughs> you know, I was so invested in the romance between these two characters. And I'm not going to spoil it for Nikki because this is a book that if and when you get the time, you will absolutely adore this story. So I, I just lost Star's... Totally changed what I understood. You know the way Star Wars books should be written. It was it was truly amazing, and that was written by the great Claudia Gray, who wrote the Princess slash General Leia novel Bloodline, which is Ooh. very good. I read. Yes, I read that as well, and it takes place six years before the Force Awakens, and you get to see Leia on her kind of her last solo adventure before founding the resistance. (laughs) You you see what I did there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You you see what I did there? (laughs) But it was all focused on Leia, and there was so much in the way of politics and intrigue that there was very few blaster bolts until the third act of that novel. Wow. And then you go, oh, wow, she's you know this middle-aged woman who you think her best years are behind her. She can still kick ass at this point. I mean, this is six years before Carrie's performance, in The Force Awakens, so I was completely blown away by that. Claudia Gray, she can write anything. I want to read anything she does. Um, and there's so many other good books and comics coming out this month or this year, I should say.
2: Definitely, we're,
0: we're getting a Captain Phasma novel this year. The we're highest. getting a Captain Phasma comic book miniseries. I think we're in we're in for the year of Phasma because Gwendolyn yeah, Christie. Like Gwendolyn Christie is a gift to humanity.
1: Oh, that is absolutely the truth. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm telling
0: you, watching the Spoils of War episode of Game of Thrones where she and Arya were dueling, I'm like, so here's this little five-foot-nothing girl. And (laughs) Gwendolyn Christie, if you don't know, is (laughs) six-foot-four. She is six-foot-four. I mean, you know why she was a model in Britain for years before acting. (laughs) But she can fight. Oh, for sure.
2: (laughs) I wonder if anyone has gone up to her and said, Excuse me, but aren't you a little tall for a stone <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my, Robert, you went there. Uh, <laughs> and then she'll probably kick their ass. She yeah. probably uh-huh. would. She'd do that boot to the chest she did to Arya in yep. Game of Thrones, and that's Which where it classic. begins. Oh, my God, that was so good. Um, again, we're crossing the streams here, but oh, tough no. shit, because seeing those pictures of Phasma with her helmet off, holding that pike. Oh. And I'm just thinking, she's not done with Finn yet. And I'm going, please give me more Phasma in this episode. I want to see what the Stormtroopers... And the Stormtroopers hit stuff. We saw them kill an entire tribe full of of Force worshippers at the beginning of Force Awakens. So these are a whole different cast of Mm Stormtroopers. Which I
2: really like because, in a way, these are clones without being clones. Yeah, Little kids who much like the Jedi, are taken when they're young, yep. indoctrinated, brainwashed, turned into these killers. Killers. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: it was kind of like Hitler Youth to the nth degree, really. And, oh, and that's, yeah. that's something, I don't know if you read the Aftermath series of no. novels. Okay, it, it's just one small little spoiler, but at, towards the end of the third in the trilogy, they, they pretty much figure, you figure out, how the First Order got their troops is that they steal them when they're infants. Yeah. And then they indoctrinate them from birth. Yeah. So the fact that Finn rebelled against his, his from-birth programming... Right, it's amazing, right? <laughs> that
1: and then he can wield a, a lightsaber, right? Like, but <laughs> and not cut that, his hand off. You well, know, like, in
0: in the journey to the Force Awakens novel, I can't remember what it was titled, but it had sh- three short stories.
2: It was Finn's tale.
0: It was Finn's tale. They had Finn, Poe, and Ray. Mm-hmm. And in Finn's tale, they talk about the training of stormtroopers. And because of all the trouble that the stormtroopers had with this guy with a the lightsaber, <laughs> they've trained them all in melee combat. So they train with force pikes, cortosis blades, the the guy with the the electric tonfa. Yeah. Uh what they call him TR8R. Yeah. Traitor. Tra- Traitor. Traitor. You know, that's why and I mean his his baton is now resistant to uh um, lightsabers. Yeah. So it just like they get it. This is the first order is no joke because they have learned from the Empire's mistakes. Yeah,
3: exactly.
0: And I think that really ratchets up the threat level so that when we see pictures, and you're gonna notice the segue I'm doing here, when we see pictures that were just released in Entertainment Weekly of the Praetorian Guards in their red samurai-like armor, yeah. it makes me go, Oh shit, Ray and Luke are not gonna have an easy time with these guys. Would you now, Robert, um I'm gonna out you a little bit here. Uh, you are a costumer, uh, a longtime costumer uh, yes. for, for Star Wars stuff. Tell us a little bit about uh, your costuming background and, and what you're working and who you're working with. Um, well, I've always been into the costuming,
2: even before joining the 501st Legion which is a worldwide uh, costume group sanctioned by Lucasfilms. where bad guys doing good. I love that tagline.
1: That is amazing. <laughs> we're, making, we're
0: making up for that little debacle called Alderon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we really effed up there on that one, guys. Um, but yeah. now we're going to... I mean, look, you guys can visit all the sick kids in the hospitals you want. It's still not going to make up for no. it. <laughs> but keep visiting sick kids in the hospitals. Oh, or... we will.
2: <laughs> but just... I've always liked the costuming and... I've always been kind of detail-oriented when I make things. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of challenge myself when I make these costumes, okay, I want to try to make it as accurate as I can. And looking at these Praetorian guards, my first reaction when I first saw them, and I'm like, okay, interesting. <laughs> but what they showed were... The little action figures,
0: they didn't show the pictures of them at first. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't see the action figure shots.
2: And looking at them, I'm Tell like... Tell
0: me they're coming in the 6-inch, because then I'm going to buy they all are. of the, Oh, my God. <laughs> they are. They're, oh, there's Anne-Marie, be, if you're listening to this episode, Anne-Marie is my lovely bride of, of 10 years. I'm sorry. So, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and they're going to be available.
2: And it sound like I'm shilling for GameStop. I'm not. I'm just stating where they're going to be available, but they're going to be in a 4-pack. What? Because all of them are,
0: have their own, I assume, identity, their own weapons. Because as we found out from the EW article, Ryan Johnson said that every member, and these are the guys who protect or work on the orders strictly from, from Supreme Leader Snoke, that each one are individually recruited and there is a specific weapon to each member of the Praetorian Guard that is unique to that character. Just going with with George Lucas's theme of everybody in Star Wars from any race has their own name. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, oh man, I'm gonna have to go to GameStop. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be visiting in-laws in St. George, Utah on Force Friday. So I'll I'll been off the plane now for about three hours and I'll be standing in line and I was planning Toys R Us, but now I have to go to GameStop because <laughs> those are the dopest characters I've seen yet. That's terrible. <laughs> That's just terrible. And I'm going to be up all night. I'm not even going to see my in-laws. They're going to ask Anne-Marie, so uh, where's Jim? Oh, he's sleeping because he had to buy action figures at midnight. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I am going to actually put in a re- uh, request off from work with pay. Use one of my paid days. There you go. Because I will be there, and I will probably be in costume
0: it's Christmas in September exactly. for Star Wars fans. Exactly. How can you not go to one place? I mean, <laughs> but Probably yeah. easy for people who want to sleep at night. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> well,
2: one thing that caught me about looking at the Praetorian Guard, and especially in the new picture that the release where you actually see them in the action shot, like you said, these guys are loyal only to Snoke, as far as we know. Right. And they're taking their orders, much like the original Royal Guards answered only to to Palpatine, Palpatine and geez. to some extent, Vader. Yeah. yeah. Now, I just kind of wonder if they're going to go, in the old canon, Stormtroopers, the very best of the best of the best, the cream of the crop. The ones who can actually hit their targets. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They cycle into being royal guards. At, at one point, if they survive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, I hope that's where they're going with these guys. Because going back to when you're seeing Traitor... Traitor. Traitor! You know, (laughs) and his skills. Traitor! When I first saw that scene, I'm like,
0: holy shit. That stormtrooper is going to seriously F somebody up. Right. And just for our listeners, if you want to get a better shot of Traitor, there's a great action figure that's called the Riot Control Stormtrooper. That is the character whom we're talking about. And once I lose some weight, I shall be... Doing that armor Nice <laughs> I can't imagine that Was it the baton I think it's called A ZX-7
3: mm-hmm.
0: I mean that That looks like A them- ZX-7 uh, Crowd control Oh Man. Oh wow I was just schooled there <laughs> By Mr. Costume Guy No but that's worthy dude I I'm sorry I I have been flirting with costuming myself for quite some time. Robert knows that I've been trying to build a Mando suit for a year or two now. And, and it's coming along well. It's getting there. You know, we're in the final stages now. Now I just need to glue the plates to the, the chest piece and the whole thing like that. So I have some ideas about that. But the Praetorian guards, I thought, were really neat. in the fact that, unlike the Royal Guard for Palpatine, that the way their helmets look... There's no apparent eye holes, but it looks like a mesh kind of face covering, sort of akin to like the, the kendo um, masks that they wear for kendo fighting. Exactly, yeah. And that it gives them 180 degrees up to the max of their peripheral vision. So these are not guys that you can just sneak up on by walking right next to them <laughs> no, <laughs> like yeah. the other guys. I just love their look, and I think they're fantastic. There were all these other pictures that came out of EW, and, and Nikki, who is so spoiler adverse... <laughs> 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 not
1: that bad. <laughs> no, you're not that bad. And
0: but I respect. I want to know. I want to let you know. I I respect your choices in life. <laughs> and I would never force anything on you that you didn't want to see. Hey. But but what were some of the standouts from some of the Entertainment Weekly pictures that uh, came out this week?
1: Oh man, you didn't tell me I had to pick some. Uh. You don't have to. You can
0: just talk about you know with what um, you saw in order. There,
1: I I do. I really. I mean, you know, mostly because I'm a woman and it's good to see women always doing ass-kicking stuff. I loved seeing that picture of Phasma amidst the destruction, even though she's a bad guy. Right. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I'm super ingrained talking about, you know, Star Wars being one of those things that... That shaped your life, yeah. It yep. shaped mine into this is good, this is bad. Right. <laughs> so
0: you know, and it showed us that there are tough choices to be made for both good guys and, and bad, bad guys. guys yep. <laughs> just as there are tough choices to be made in life. Yep, yeah. Yep.
1: Um, but yeah, that was a that was a pretty pretty amazing image. To see there. her,
0: that there was just this one shot I saw personally that of her just walking through fire. Yeah. In that silver armor, like, oh, she's no. Like I'm
1: totally fine right now, and <laughs> nothing can hurt me.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know that armor that Finn was talking about that can't filter out gases. Yeah. In the first movie, that's not this that's armor. Not hers, yeah. That's not mine. <laughs> I have the shiny stuff for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm thinking, and look, this is just nerd speculation, <laughs> but I'm thinking she is not done with Finn yet.
1: Oh, absolutely not!
0: Because in they they gave you a little bit of a taste about it in episode seven, and in the novel, uh, especially the one I was talking about, with which uh, showed Finn's training, is that she took a particular interest. Her eye was was focused on Finn because he was so good at the fighting and the tactics and the getting his team together. But even then, she noticed that he had something called compassion. <laughs> you know what's
3: th- that?
1: You know, <laughs> and
0: I, I don't want to spoil the story, but but read this book, read that journey to the Force Awakens novel with the three stories of Finn, Pe- Finn, mm-hmm. Pe, Finn, Ray, and Poe. And you will see what got him put into the janitorial team. Yeah, <laughs> so he turned her down for a date. Yeah, yeah, uh, kind of, but no. Um, so, but yeah, that, a date
1: with death.
2: That
0: phasma, and did you see that picture of Wendell and Christie with her helmet off, just looking? I
1: missed that one, oh but my oh,
0: God. yeah. So she's got this this pike, which reminded me of Lancelot's pike from the movie Excalibur. Yeah. And she's got her helmet under her bucket, as Robert would call them, in the Mandalorian Mercs, because you're a part of that group, too, if I remember right. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mandalore. And she's got her bucket under her left hand, or under her left arm, and she's got her pike in the other, and she's got the scowl on her face. I'm like, oh, don't hurt me. <laughs>
1: or maybe do a little.
0: <laughs> just just, just give me a little stabby stab <laughs> and just call it a day. Oh, God, that hurts. You know? <laughs> yeah. But she is somebody that was underserved, I thought, if we're going to criticize the first movie at all. Absolutely. Yeah. They was, go They I go agree. to all
1: these links and put a woman into. I mean, a woman stormtrooper. Never have we heard that before. Which, they put this woman in a place of power within the stormtroopers that we know. Of, exactly, that we know. That we've of. seen. They um, were in the
0: Aftermath novel, but we wouldn't know because yeah. they were all dressed the same. Exactly. So.
1: Everybody dressed the same. So finally, you have one who stands out. She's in power and she's barely doing anything. And
2: right. she <laughs> relegated to the. Trash compactor.
0: Yeah, off screen. <laughs> off screen, she was thrown into a trash yeah, compactor. Not I even mean,
1: on screen to say, okay, this uh, is how she escaped because obviously she's coming she, up.
0: She's <laughs> done. So, she did something right. Like I wouldn't yeah. be stopped by a trash compactor. She probably ripped the o- the door open right? by herself.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it, she is just so amazing. Um, I really liked uh, the pictures. Though, this is my guy. And look, I was not one of the cool kids who thought Han Solo was the cooler ki- cooler character. I loved Han Solo. I thought Han Solo was the epitome of cool. But I was never cool growing <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> I was always a little bit on, uh, I won't say like an outsider because that makes me sound too hipsterish in the 21st century. But <laughs> I was just, I was this kid that, I, I was always like uh, kind of an introvert. I was kind of you know, z- you know. I just, think we all were. I I think oh, a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of us in, in, in the we nerd were. population are. And the thing with um, with the way that I grew up, I just there was something that made me twig to Luke Skywalker that this was a kid who was in the middle of nowhere. And at that time, I was living in the middle of nowhere. And my parents wanted me to grow up and get a sensible job and not try to become an actor or any of these other things, which are all stuff that I've done now in my past, <laughs> even though I have a corporate job today. But Luke Skywalker, to me, just always spoke to me. He, he just I saw a lot of myself in Luke Skywalker, as I think a lot of people did. And that love has never gone away. And as I'm starting to see gray in my beard now and gray at my temples, and realize that, yeah, we all are born with a life expectancy. That I'm looking at Luke Skywalker, and I still, even though I have a family and I have a job and I'm not a hermit in an egg-shaped hut, <laughs> those pictures of Luke Skywalker goes, Wow, what were the decisions that he made that I didn't make that forced him to want to completely retreat? From society, yeah, yeah. He has a
2: haunted look to him.
0: He does, he does yeah.
1: Like there's, I have a feeling there's definitely going to be some some stuff that we don't want to see about right. come out.
0: Well, I <laughs> I know that Ray didn't want to see it in her Force vision in Episode Seven. Oh yeah, and she got a little taste, I think, of how Kylo and the Knights of Ren, which I still swear there's a Mandalorian in Robert. I uh, swear, I,
2: I I I think so too. I
0: think there's a Mando in that one. I feel that this is a guy who's haunted by that day and he never recovered. So I don't know if all the Jedi were killed or if there's just this diaspora that sent the few Jedi he trained across the universe or whatever. But I am most intrigued with Luke Skywalker because he was not only the hero of the first three films, four, five, and six, but he was the guy who always spoke to me the most as a character, you know, Going through the entire original trilogy. What do you guys think about that? What do you guys think about the look of Luke Skywalker?
2: Oh, like I said, you know, he has that haunted look. And just now, just thinking about going back to uh, Jedi when Obi Wan was telling him that he thought that he could train Anakin just as good as Yoda, Mm -hmm. he was wrong. Who's to say that somewhere down the line, Luke probably feeling that same way? He made his own Obi Wan moment, and he's regretting it. Right, right.
0: What do you think about that, Nikki?
1: Um, yeah, I have to agree. That's a that's a a very good um, on point assessment of of where he might be, um, and it, you know because I haven't done all of the other things i haven't read the the comics i haven't read any other books so i'm really just movies i am like yeah. just movies that's all i get that's cool um but uh but that's my level but um yeah. but be, because i haven't done that you know it's it'll be interesting to see to see what they tell me you know yes. <laughs> what they're going to tell the audience who only does do that the movies um and and where where he got where he came from to get to where he is
0: absolutely
2: and have you seen the new darth vader series have you read it? I I
0: have it. I have not begun reading it because I am so backed up on comics right <laughs> now. But I I kind of perused the first issue and I love the writer Charles Soul, mm-hmm. so I can't wait to get into it.
2: Yeah, because what they make what they make reference to is something that I think cuz all these comics are supposed to everything's all interconnected in the new canon uh-huh. and everything
0: has a little bit plays a part in all the movies coming out. Correct. Because in twenty twelve when Disney bought Lucasfilm, soon afterwards they announced the the formation of the Lucas Story Group, mm-hmm. which said now which erased the entire expanded universe. So <laughs> I'm sorry, new Jedi Order fans, Jason Jaina Solo, and Ben Skywalker, that's gone. gone. <laughs> gone. Th- that was me squishing old continuity. Um they're all gone now, much to my chagrin, because I love the original Thrawn trilogy, which to me is the best, but now I have Grand Admiral Thrawn and Rebels, so I'm mm-hmm. better now. <laughs> I'm not as hurt.
2: They're um, cherry-picking cherry the
0: expanded universe. Exactly. Bringing but, in the Corvette, the Hammerhead Corvettes. Yes. Yes. So, you know. the, which was my favorite scene in Rogue One when when Admiral Radisson said, bring forth the Hammerhead Corvettes. <laughs> I, <laughs>
2: To see that when before I would say it only in the old in the old Republic video yes. game to see them on the screen I'm just like
3: oh
2: yeah. <laughs> now I know why they
0: call him Hammerhead Corvette uh-huh. that's right because they just
3: hammer oh, Jesus oh my I
0: knocked my microphone over <laughs> that is the first time in my podcasting career I have done that and too bad we didn't get a picture of that
2: I know. that might get edited
0: <laughs> out but no uh, wow that spiked the uh, ooh. Man, that was terrible looking. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's fine here. There's been no earthquake. How are you? We're fine. (laughs) We're all fine now there. Uh, How are you doing?
1: How are you doing? Jim's just abusing the force. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: okay. I'm a new force wielder. Oh, my God. I can't control my powers. Um, But the Hammerhead Corvettes, I mean, you bring up a neat thing is, is that they are able to cherry pick Out of the old stuff, out of the stuff, the fringe continuity, the old video games, the old novels, the old comics, and bring it in where it all makes sense. So, you know, for Nikki, who only watches the saga films and and the anthology movies, which will hopefully still come out, even though Han Solo is sounding like it's a colossal... Dumpster F fire. Yeah. It sounded like Ishitar <laughs> for the new generation. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Ron Howard, who was an old time friend of, of George Lucas, who did Willow mm-hmm. uh, for Lucasfilm. He, hopefully he'll be able to bring some some sense of coherency. I think he will. Nice. Yeah. I feel a little better about it. Yeah. That Ron Howard's doing it. Yeah. So I'm feeling really good about that. But that if you only watch the movies, you're going to be completely paid off for your fandom in there. Yeah. But if you want to go into the deep cuts of the books, the comics, the toys, the video games, and things like that, that there'll be these little Easter eggy kind of payoffs for you yeah. in these films. That to me is also cool. Just that there there's something to speak to um, in these movies, or vice versa. That, exactly. That yeah. Going some,
1: back to it later.
0: Some of the deep cuts from something. the film. Like they just uh, this week released, uh, I bought it, haven't read it yet because, you know, life. Uh, They have a a one-shot issue of Captain Andor, Captain Cassian Andor, K2SO, with how he got K2SO and reprogrammed him. And he can only reprogram him a little bit at a time, so he's still an Imperial Asshole robot <laughs> <laughs> droid for a little while yeah. until he can finish reprogramming him, and that's how they became the best of friends. Nice. I'll have to get that. I didn't even know they released yeah, that yet. Just a one-shot, so you don't have to buy a whole mini-series or series yeah. for it, which is kind of cool. I thought he was great in Rogue One. I mean, oh, Ellen Tudyk, yeah. Wash... I'm a leaf on the wind. You
1: watched that whole movie. God, it was uh, amazing. <laughs> I,
0: could, I could watch Firefly and Serenity all day. Yep. I might still do that. Um, <laughs> again, another podcast. So, yep. But I am just so intrigued with that line that Nikki didn't hear that I'm, okay, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to say it. But but Luca utters a line which makes you question, is he still a Jedi? Does he even want there to be Jedi? Yeah. You know, is he so hurt? Is is he so damaged? Is the Jedi, is he the last Jedi? Or is the last Jedi plural? And there are more Jedi that Luke Skywalker trained that survived the purge from the Knights of Ren. These are things that I just can't wait to see answers for. Me too. I think I am more Mm -hmm. intrigued by this film than I was by the first film. The first film was like Coming Home. Yeah, The first film had so many of the same beats of episode four. And look, they hadn't had a new movie for 20-something years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, as we all well know. So, I forgive J.J. for all for, for recycling all those bits. You mm-hmm. know, the giant super weapon. The yeah. you know, starfighter's having a tough time destroying the giant super weapon. <laughs> you know, oh, I don't want to leave my desert planet because it's so awful here. But really, I'm supposed to be here to wait for some. You know, but there was enough new stuff, which also made me go, "Huh, this, there's a whole world awash with possibilities." In this film, I am seeing only new stuff. I am seeing things like the Praetorian Guard. I am Mm -hmm. seeing things like Luke holding his father's lightsaber for the first time in thirty years. I am seeing a casino, an (laughs) upscale (laughs) Monte Carlo planet, the, the which they call Cantabite, and. You know, Laura Dern's character is playing Vice Admiral Holdo is the name of her character, but she looks like uh, she's a a character, a punk rock character out of Downton Abbey. Um, (laughs) She has a scoop neck kind or scoop back kind of dress and this short bob kind of purple haircut. So, so, you know, I'm just so and, and Porgs. And porgs. <laughs> and porgs. I love porgs. <laughs> There's going to be a little golden book called Chewy and the Porgs.
2: <laughs> that sounds like could be a band like Jim and the Holograms. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs>
0: Ho- Hootie and the Blow porgs. <laughs> you no, know, but
2: I am looking forward to Canto Bright because when the Canto Bite, Canto Bite, <laughs> bite. <laughs> but when I saw that spread in Vanity Fair the way they were dressed, my first looking at it like, okay, yeah, they're wearing, you know, tuxedos. That's
0: interesting. And and beautiful floor-length gowns yeah. and, and swept-up hairdos and things exactly. like that. And these are all new aliens. Yeah. This is a part of the galaxy that we
2: haven't seen yet. This is like the decadent part that is far removed. They're the ones that either don't want to believe that the First Order or you know, oh, there'll never be another empire. Those right. days are gone. These could mm-hmm. very
0: well be the ones who are blissfully ignorant of what's yeah. going on. Or they could be the ones that are secretly financing. Exactly. It, t- You know what that says to me? That says we might get like some kind of James Bond super spy element to this. That would be interesting. Which is yet <laughs> another piece of nerd culture that I'm completely down with. <laughs> and it would be a great, Spot to
2: reintroduce Lando Calrissian. Oh, my God. If only.
0: Poor (laughs) Lando.
2: Poor Billy D. He needs to be in there in some some way, somehow.
0: I'm going to say this. If they do a funeral for Han, and Nikki, tell me what you think of this. If they do a funeral for Han and not have Lando.
1: It would be a travesty.
0: It would. (laughs) Wouldn't that just be, Leia, you're a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) I I hate to put it like that, but...
1: I mean, I know he kind of, like, turned him in and, you know, and got he him frozen in himself. carbonite, but he saved you guys he in the saved, end. It's he,
0: okay. He was a general in the Rebel Alliance at yeah, the end. Him and like, numb I mean, come, come on. on. Give the guy... Can you cut the guy some slack after 30-something years? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cause Leia knows how to
1: hold a grudge, like right. I was say?
0: <laughs> I mean, trust me, I think Leia has a very long memory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) She and Carrie Fisher were not much different. (laughs) (laughs) You don't screw with Princess Leia.
1: And Carrie Fisher brought a lot to Leia. (laughs) A lot more to Leia than Leia brought to Carrie Fisher.
2: (laughs) But going back to that uh, Vanity Fair picture, Mm -hmm. after even seeing all the tuxedos and everything, my first thought was like, oh my God, they've actually made a Bothan.
0: Did they do a Bothan?
2: People were saying because the way that the certain character looked had all the characteristics of a Bothan that appeared in the comic book and in the novels. Yet someone asked Pablo, you know, is that a a Bothan? He didn't really give it a straight answer. Oh,
0: dodgy Pablo. Dodgy Pablo. But if anyone's ever read... (laughs) He'll be saying it all
2: over. the (laughs) um,
0: The Rogue Squad
2: comic books and novels. Yes. There was a rebel pilot that was a horse.
0: Wait. Okay. Okay. Let's stop for a second. Okay. I can, look, I can take a lot. (laughs) I can, I can take a lot. (laughs) I mean, the Abednetto, you know, the Eloatzis and, and Nyanum. you know, I, all these guys, I totally get, but how do you retrofit an X-Wing starfighter, a T-65 X-Wing starfighter? So that's just a, horse. a horse's
2: head on a human body.
1: Oh, Google it.
2: Okay, okay. <laughs> He's
1: like the opposite of a centaur.
2: I
0: thought that. There, <laughs> I thought that there was going to be yeah the 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 human tour or something. I mean, <laughs> I I don't even know what to, call, know what to equine, call it. An Equine equino or something. Equinen? Do you remember what? Do you, do you remember the name of the race? Because I'm I sure
2: know, there's a Wikipedia
0: entry for no. it.
2: There is, um, but I just can't remember. But
0: okay. you know they are. But had I. Thinking about it, this gives me actually. Let's pause for just a second because that gives me a great idea. Saying if you are listening to this episode and you know exactly what Robert and I are talking about, and cannot, or and Nikki doesn't have a clue either. Because when he was talking about this, I'm thinking, what they have to put straw at the bottom of the the (laughs) X Wing or something, he's just there chewing, (laughs) you know. Oh, I got a fight here, I'm going to press the blaster with my nose,
2: and his droid would be
0: R2. Poop, hoop, too. That's terrible. You're a terrible human being. But if you know the name of this race, and more so the name of that pilot, uh, hit us up. Graphic content is the carrier wave for Holonet HQ. So hit us up on Twitter at Graphic Podcast and t- and hashtag it Holonet HQ. And please let us know what the answer to that question is, and then we'll su- send you some free comic book download codes for it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was yeah. just me pimping the Twitter account right there. <laughs> so anyway, so, okay, yeah. So, I mean, they could have anything. Maybe that that there was a bot. And, and I'll tell you what, I remember looking at the Vanity Fair spread, which I want to say came out right before Celebration. It did. I think it was right before Celebration and Annie Leibovitz, who can do no wrong as a photographer she took some amazing pictures. Her pictures, she t- took this picture that I put up on my Facebook account of Luke and Leia hugging, and it was really Mark Hamill oh. and Carrie Fisher, yeah. and the affection between this this brother and sister from other mother and, and mister. Um, there was, it just, after Carrie passed away, it was like just the perfect moment in time that was captured. It really was. Oh, well there so was one beautiful. of her
2: and her daughter who is playing a character.
0: Um that's true. In- Billy Lord is in Star Wars and she was a background player with little mini Cinnabons. I mean uh Princess Leia buns on the top <laughs> and she
2: is in um
0: she's in episode eight. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: with a little more to do but there's a picture of her being hugged. Yes. You know, and so I'm just like I think uh, it That's was like one of those bitter, attack hugs,
0: those the, one of those uh, noted infamous uh, Carrie attack hugs from behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And those were beautiful pictures, but now I'm gonna. You're forcing me to have to go back and look at Annie Liebowitz's pictures of Star Wars characters so I can see a Bothan actually dressed up in a space tuxedo. So (laughs) I'm gonna have to do that with a
2: sash, no less.
0: With a sash, and did he have like the European, like Viscount kind of medals and stuff (laughs) on it? Actually, I want to
2: say he had something on there. That would be
0: wouldn't that be great if he was the the lone Bothan to survive stealing the Death Star 2 plans? (laughs) That just. These yeah. are the little background pieces little that I wanna know. Yeah. I wanna know. The little nuggets of Or of maybe Easter he's eggs. a douchebag aristocrat who's a bothan. I mean we don't know either way. So
2: Well in the Bouge in the old <laughs> in the old canon, there was a bothan that was a
0: real jackass. Oh yeah, there was Borsk Fella. M- yes, I remember that character. So more than one Bothan Jackass in Star Wars. So because mm-hmm. they were spies. Yeah. yeah. The whole culture was built around the secret transmission of information. It was kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. How does <laughs> the
1: whole culture get built around that?
0: I, <laughs> know, I Well, you know, they're talking about how we're growing into an information based economy
1: yep.
0: in the modern era. So maybe George was being a futurist again in this film. I, I don't know.
1: He's really good at that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I, I don't know. There's just so much great stuff that's, that's on the horizon. And we're so close. We're, we're recording this episode on August 12th. And I am just desperate for December right now. <laughs> I, I, I just can't wait. I mean, what, if, if we were to, to wrap this episode up with what you are, are waiting for, what is the thing that you want to see the most, even if you're going over something that you said before from this film, what would that be? Nikki on the spot.
1: Okay, new thing. Um, I really want to know Ray's history. Yeah. I, w- I have so many theories running around in my head. That last hug, that last scene with Carrie Fisher at the end of, of episode seven. Oh my God. Like, uh huh. I, I can't even because it was so telling. And I don't think it was just a, oh, I know that Han's dead. And you, because that was the first time they ever met. Right. And they have this knowing, telling hug. I I can't even. I want to know where she comes from. And, <laughs> and I think
0: she totally dis Chewie. Also, I was going to oh, say completely. that she didn't like, even give Chewie a hug. She probably blames <laughs> Chewie for Han's death, just like she still <laughs> blames Lando for torturing Han. Right.
2: <laughs> First, she overlooks him for a medal, and then the you know overlooks giving
0: him a hug with the death of his right. best friend. Best
1: friend. Like, I
0: mean, I have yeah. the I have the worst. Wookiee impersonation, even though I'm most size approximate to a Wookiee <laughs> in this room, <laughs> which translates to seriously, <laughs> seriously, I'm You've standing, he's looking, by, looking at her as she's hugging Ray going, I'm standing right here, right here. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm more than a walking I need carpet. A hug. <laughs> I hurt. my life debt is broken now. Two. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I want to know about Ray. So <laughs> real quick side note. Have you heard the theory in in your nerd circles that she might be the daughter not of Luke Skywalker but of Obi-Wan Kenobi?
1: I have heard that. Yeah. And what do
0: you think about that?
1: Um god
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> that good. Huh? So
1: many things. Well, just my 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 math brain starts working okay. in overtime and going, "Um, okay, let's think about how old she is and how old or how long ago he died and when she would have had to be born, it doesn't compute for me. Like okay.
0: <laughs> that's fair. I that's
1: mean, unless fair. she was like cryologically frozen or something, True. which is kind of weird. They or, put- or they harvested his sperm, which is also weird. Wow, that's but, really terrible. Right? <laughs> well,
2: there's, a th- there's a theory that, you know, and it's in this, if you look back into um, the Siege of Mandalore arc of the Clone Wars. Oh,
0: okay. Because Obi-Wan and Duchess Satine... Who was the head of the Peaceful Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. They had a thing. Oh, yeah. Obi-Wan got jiggy
2: with it. Yeah. (laughs) Not surprising. He said that he would have left the order for her. And probably he always suspected something between Anakin and Padme. But he can't really say anything because... It kind of goes back to him and Satine. Right. Who's to say that Satine didn't have a child and, you know, kept it hidden from Obi-Wan? True. You know, and that child, you know, grew up and chronologically then Ray would be, you know, granddaughter. Oh, that that, that could work. That
1: That completely fits. So she would be
0: of the Kenobi bloodline. Yeah. Exactly. But with a completely different. Parentage, parentage, which yeah. in turn leads to its own story. Oh
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, you're that t- would be
1: incredible. You just, my oh head my just God. exploded in here.
0: I just oh, <laughs> clean that up, would you?
1: <laughs> How can I do that without a brain?
0: <laughs> Somebody bring the Windex. <laughs> Windex fixes everything. That's my one big fat Greek wedding I call like, out for today. I like that theory, and I'm going to go with that theory. I, you, you wow, know. that she's not his daughter, but granddaughter.
1: That's kind of amazing, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm really into things like these bloodline intrigues yeah. and stuff that takes place over generations. Oh, that would add such a layer to Star Wars, Robert. Yeah. It would. And that's why, you know, I, until
2: I'm proven wrong, to that theory is disproven, I'm going to go with that theory because it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it would be a great mm-hmm. way people are expecting, oh, this is all... You know, the Skywalker storyline. Well, technically, Luke said the Skywalker storyline ended with Jedi.
0: Well, in a way. Well, you I know, don't. maybe. But, but now no. that Uncle George doesn't own Lucasfilm anymore, <laughs> yeah. you know, that might bring us a force ghost of Ewan McGregor playing an older Alec Guinnessy kind of looking guy. Maybe. That would be cool. Hello, <laughs> Hello Ray.
3: <laughs> ah!
2: I am your grandpa. What the? I am your grandfather.
0: <laughs> what? what? Shut (laughs) up. (laughs) Ray would never say that. She'd be like, what? (laughs) And it would explain Ray's British accent. Yeah, it would. You know, because they've shown in the previous films, the further out you get in the galaxy to the outer reaches, the more American you become.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Whereas if you're in the core worlds like Coruscant, you're all deep-seated British people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like if you know anything about World War II movies of the 60s and 70s, all the Nazis were played by British people. So, space Nazis. That's, that's space all Nazis. space Nazis Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Ja. Space Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. The space Nazis. Uh, could you please pass the sauerkraut? You know, I, I don't know. That was a terrible. <laughs>
1: sauerkraut?
0: I, it was the first German thing that I could think of. Please pass the blue milk. <laughs> do it now. Ah, do it now. Okay. So, Robert. <laughs> Before I go any further off the space rails with a bad Schwarzenegger impersonation, what are you looking forward to most from The Last Jedi? Gah! Cute Jeopardy theme song. Exactly. (laughs) Well, actually,
2: (laughs) I'm going to go more for the whole what is the dark and the light side. I want to see how that's all going to work its way out because... Until,
0: the trailer, we never saw books. Actual physical books. books. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler warning, Nikki. But no, that's okay. yeah, <laughs> books. But there were physically books on what looked like one of those funky force trees from the Shattered Empire comic book. Exactly. Again, another. These are just they. They, they don't even have to go spoken. These mm-hmm. little Easter eggs for people who read the comics and the books anyway. Mm-hmm. But that there was this one symbol of the force where. There is, you know, the the winged lightsaber uh, looking symbol of the Jedi Order during the Clone Wars. Yeah. Exactly. And on one side, it's one wing is blue and one ring is red. And then the lightsaber in the middle that, that glows like with the sunlight symbol mm-hmm. in the middle is yellow.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now we know that red and blue make purple, but the balance, I'm, I'm thinking that that speaks to. The balance to is golden. Yeah. The balance is golden. Mm-hmm. That's the sweet spot. So. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's something new that's gonna come from this is that maybe okay anyway I, I, I I've got I've got something that I want to drop for the <laughs> thing I'm looking forward to the most I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crowd your play were you done
2: <laughs> um, no you know you because you mentioned what you just mentioned now is kind of way my line of thinking was because I think they're gonna try to tie in some of the the force mythology of the latter season of the
0: Clone Wars into it. Yeah. The whole Mortis story arc. Oh my God. You know. That's but- the one that, look, if you don't watch the Clone Wars, that's like the one, was it a three episode or four? It episodes? was. It was a three episode arc that almost explains the Force. Oh wow. In detail. You're better
1: than Medichlorians and oh, YES. <laughs> F-
0: they never, <laughs> there is, I, I remember watching all five seasons of the Clone Wars. And I don't remember hearing midichlorians once. Oh,
1: thank God! Like even George,
0: like George said, yeah, that, you know what? That wasn't a really good idea. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just don't think I really should have come up with something else. That was really fucking stupid.
1: Thanks, George. Okay, that. I'm gonna I'm gonna bleep that, that. out.
0: Um, <laughs> so, but what are you gonna look forward to? So, okay. So first of all, I'm, I'm with both of you on, on what your call-outs are for that. Um, I, mine is also slightly force-related. Um, I'm going to give an honorable mention, then I'm going to get to the thing that I'm most curious about. So I'm looking forward to Kelly Marie Tran, who's done mostly comedy television in the United States, with her new character of Rose, who is just a mechanic, <laughs> and she's that gonna, we know of, that we know <laughs> we of <laughs> for all we know that you know her Hydra Spanner is actually a lightsaber and she can do flip the F out Jedi stuff. Yeah, but I don't see that happening. What I am looking forward to is her adventure with Finn going first, what looks like some kind of military engagement, and you see her in the the gunner seat Of what looks to be Some kind of I'm not saying It's the Millennium Falcon But some kind of Transporter Heavier looking sp- mm-hmm. Spaceship Where she's working This World War II Looking Bubble canopy mm-hmm. Gunner's mm-hmm. position And I'm looking forward to the first Asian woman, Asian American, or person of Asian descent in Star Wars, which I think is another amazing thing. Yeah,
1: it's a long time coming, for sure.
0: More inclusivity, which doesn't suck. So Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing what she brings to that because seeing her interviewed at Star Wars Celebration, she has more power than a fusion reactor. I mean, she is so (laughs) bubbly and so uh, energy-driven. I can't wait to see her character, just as a side note. But the thing that I'm wondering the most is, is, is dovetailing off you were saying about the Force, Robert, and that is, what is the future for Kylo Ren? Now, we got in the previous movie, emo Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. who was not just emo, but he was tantrum-oriented. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that was the greatest thing that I think I'd seen in a Star Wars movie just from a sheer comedic timing point of view. <laughs> That this guy is, which we were wondering if Vader was ever going to do in the first three movies. Somebody's going to go have to go in and give this dark force wielding just monster this terrible news. And Vader was always. beat it you know he would yeah. just tell tell the guy to beat it or he'd for, force choke him out yeah. and that was that, that was the end. but no he lights up his tri-blade lightsaber and just beats the shit out of this <laughs> little little uh, well not little but this wall computer console yeah. and i'm like this is the greatest thing i just was laughing and then he goes I meanwhile uh, the
1: guy's looking at him like damn it that cost us so much yeah. <laughs> and those
2: two stormtroopers coming around the corner they're like, they're hearing that and
0: they're like, nope, no activated lightsaber. <laughs> we know who's nah, nope. Let's Walking go. Away. Hey, Lou, let's go <laughs> check look. out the commissary again. <laughs>
3: Don't even look.
2: Well, the look on that one officer's face when he's giving the order, he's kind of like,
0: and then when he says, it was a girl that got away. Oh!
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I should have kept my mouth shut. I should have kept my mouth I shut. I should have just kept my mouth shut. I should have hey, just... Why? I should have gone on Holonet and contacted Supreme Leader Snoke myself. Why didn't
1: I send Joey? Why
0: didn't I tell General <laughs> Hux? General Hux would give him that evil ginger soulless scare of his. <laughs> just stare. <laughs> um, but the thing that I'm wondering, and this is something that, that has been debated in Star Wars fan community for a while now is that in the original trilogy of four, five, and six, we found that Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader was indeed the chosen one because he helped bring balance to the force. He, he atoned for his sins and threw the Emperor down the pit where he exploded. You know, when, I mean first of all, Imperial design why does everything have to be so dangerous?
3: <laughs> Can you
0: use some more handrails, please? It's right. just that bridge that Han Solo walked on. I mean, come on. I, I mean, the way guys, that I walk, guys. I would have gone over the edge like after three <laughs> steps. Here's the question that maybe this will be the, the best place to leave this episode with is also the thing that I am, I am, I am most intrigued by by this episode. Is there a hint at the possibility that Kylo Ren could atone for murdering his own father, for for ordering the, the termination of entire village of force sensitives, or not sensitives, but, but force worshippers um, that were led by Lore San Teca, Max von Sydow in the first film. Can he be redeemed? And I wonder if they will even hint at the possibility of his redemption. What do you think about that, Nikki?
1: I think he can. I mean... You know that seems to be a, a theme.
0: But <laughs> I'm gonna I'm now going,
1: Star Wars history, and I know I, I know there would be lots here's, of people who would here's probably, the
0: nerd rage that's coming back at you. I'm just prepping you no, for this. Okay. But he killed Han Solo. I know. <laughs> but there's a theory
2: about that.
1: But oh, for, Vader killed Obi Wan,
0: right? Which yeah. nobody
1: actually really loved until after the first three movies. That's I'll give the first three movies that yeah. Yeah. we all love. Ian McGregor.
0: Yeah, I mean you and McGregor. <laughs> Look, okay, they have been there's been rumors of an Obi Wan movie in the desert for years. After seeing that episode of Star Wars Rebels where Obi Wan and Darth Maul have their final confrontation, Mm -hmm. which was excellent, which was the I mean, it was the dopest samurai fight I had ever seen with the whole (laughs) psychic battle before the battle took place, (laughs) and that the battle was over quickly. In most samurai movies, the battles they're over like that. So, but anyway, so you think that Kylo can come back into the light.
1: I think that would be uh, anticipated again. I, um, to be my own, you know, devil's advocate. I think that it would be awesome for him not to be, for him to just Mm -hmm. be bad.
0: Just lean in.
1: Like, yeah, just, just because he's so he's pulling, you know, he's so against it. He's trying Uh so hard to not go to the light that I think that, Character-wise, he he would just like snap that cord and go full dark side. Right,
0: that would be the easy choice, and it's it's the predictable choice, which doesn't make it a bad one. No, it'd be interesting to see what that path looked like.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: But the I think as creatives here, we're we're in 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 our own small sense, we sit here and wonder. Well, the harder choice would be how can Kylo come back into the light yeah. after doing something so horrible mm-hmm. as tricking his dad into saying, here, hold this for me. Would you yeah. zap? Take it, dad. Nope, you, just kidding. No, no <laughs> just kidding. And the look on am betr- <laughs> And I'll tell you what, this is to speak to Harrison Ford, who should have earned an Oscar years, years ago. ago. <laughs> years ago. And anything that he gets an Oscar for will be an honorary award, let's be honest, yeah. with the kind of work that he's doing now. Sorry, Harrison. But the... He should have won for Witness in nineteen eighty four. Should have won for
1: Witness. He should have won for.
0: He was great in that. Regarding
1: Henry. Oh There's my God! So regarding
0: Henry <laughs> is such a heartbreaking and wonderful and movie. Wonderful, yep. wonderful mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have won for both of those. But Harrison Ford in in his death scene was able to portray love and betrayal simultaneously. Yeah. These two you can almost say polar opposite emotions, mm-hmm. how much he loved his little boy. And that's probably all he saw in his last few minutes of life yeah. right there when before he went off into that imperial bottomless pit that they <laughs> always put in a building.
1: I always have to put that <laughs> I, I just <laughs> I
0: don't understand the pits. But what does anyway he do? <laughs> But that that how do you come back from that? Yeah. And that to me creatively and knowing a guy of Ryan Johnson's status, this is the guy behind Looper. Which is one of the most. If you guys have you, either of you seen Looper? I have yes. seen
1: Looper. I loved oh it. Oh my yeah. god!
0: I mean, that was a mind-bending science fiction film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First of all, there was the fact that Ryan Johnson got Bruce Willis to not phone in a performance.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Which is an amazing <laughs> feat in, in and of itself. Second of all, that it it was able to bring science fiction and hard-boiled crime together. together. Yeah. In a way, and I think that. That Ryan Johnson is the kind of director that can even make me, who is completely—I mean, you killed Han Solo, and yes, I know I said oh, like Luke Skywalker, he was the character I identified with, but dude, you killed Luke's Luke's best pal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you killed Han Solo. <laughs> you deserve what you get. You need—you killed
1: be- Han Solo. Prepare to die. Prepare
0: to die. To die. <laughs> I want—I want Poe to do to you what he did to that stormtrooper and shoot you with the X-wing. I yep. mean, that's what I want to see happen. but that creatively is the harder choice. It is. And that's a rough road to navigate, but if he's able to do that, holy smokes, I I think it's in the hands of the best director possible. So what do you think about that, Robert? I think that
2: it could go both ways, but I do think that could be an opening for him to come back to the light because there was this theory we never actually saw him do it correct was the theories out there is that Han Solo knows what greater love he has for his son than to maybe sacrifice himself because if Kylo actually killed him then yes he took that big step into the dark side right but what if Han Solo made the ultimate sacrifice. I mean
1: what if Han fired first? <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. I had to go there. <laughs> I love it. Well, as, as That's John,
1: incredible. No, like, that really does open up. It changes everything. Yeah. We never
2: saw Kylo turn on the lightsaber. You just hear the boom. I and then we the did thank see you. the lightsaber. Yeah. Do we? Well, we see it in his hands, mm-hmm. but...
1: But it was also in... Han's
2: hand. Oh, that's a good so, point. So, the Han could yeah. have easily sacrificed himself so that
0: Kylo can never truly get himself into the dark side. And I'm just going to take it one step further. You know, we saw Luke survive that fall in Bespin. Yeah, exactly. What is How party. did I'm just saying, how did Captain Phasma get off of that planet? Yeah. <laughs> how did she get out of a trash? Honda knows how to get out of a trash compactor, it
1: does. especially
0: <laughs> if, if Kylo geeked at the last second and couldn't deliver <laughs> a kill shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, and just
0: being as, an injured
1: shot, yeah, yeah, <laughs> an
0: injured shot just through a fatty part of the. Yeah, body. but Look, there's
1: a whole thing on that. Like I heard there, that that he Harrison Ford was just like, "No, I'm no. really done. Just kill me, please." Yeah, <laughs> that was
2: the only way he wanted to die. Going back to Jedi, yeah, that was the only way <laughs> I think that he consented to be in this movie is, is like, "Take me out." Yeah, yeah, George Lucas didn't listen to me. Look, please, just look kid,
0: me. look, kid. Kill me now. Look, kid, I'm really done with this <laughs> picture, so please get me out of here. Um, okay, and how brought, do you
1: say no? Yeah, how do you say no
0: to... to he's Han Solo, <laughs> mother I think Han's dead. So it it just... It, it took me a few years, but I'm almost okay with it now. <laughs> now we just need to see, is Kyle Ren on a journey where he will go deeper into the black, mm-hmm. or will somebody... Bring him into the light, and if he gets brought into the light, does the force have to be balanced? Does Ray have to fall? Yeah, these are all really good questions, and we won't know until December when yep. this film comes out. Uh, it's hard to believe we're almost a hundred days to this film. We're so close, one hundred and eighteen days right now. Not that I'm counting. Um, yeah, no. you are every day. Yeah, every, every day. Second. Every day, I'm just Xing my calendar. <laughs> it's like that Far Side looking at me. Jim. What are, What are you? Are you counting down to Christmas? No, no. Star Wars. <laughs> and then after this, then we get the Untitled Han Solo movie. When Star Wars stakes its claim in late May again. Mm -hmm. And we're done with Christmas and Star Wars. That'd be good. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I can't afford it. And Then we'll have episode nine. That's right. That's right. And that's a whole nother conversation for a different episode Mm -hmm. on how much... The search for Snoke. The the search for Colin Trevorrow's ability to make a good movie. Um, Anyway... So, guys, I like to end on a note about where the kids can find you online. Are you just on Facebook, or do you have the Twitter, or anything like that? Oh, I'm just on the Facebook. Just on the Facebook (laughs) at Nikki Penley. That's Nikki. It's it's Nicole, but yeah. Nicole Nichole Nichole N I C H O L E. So you know that you can you can find her there. Uh, You are with uh, Robert, one of the co moderators of the group, which we definitely thank you for the work of of continuing to spur conversations and drop cool memes and stuff on there. Robert, where can the kids find you online?
2: Um, under Robert Lucchese on Facebook. Look for the profile picture of me looking cool with a bunch of biker scouts.
0: Nice. <laughs> biker scouts. <laughs> I always thought the biker scouts were maybe just a little bit more... I don't know, qualified to fight than stormtroopers. <laughs> the fact that they can they can speed through a redwood forest at 100 and something kilometers per hour, you know, on those on those speeder bikes, I, j- I just, I've always done... The fact that they wear armor and they can sit down. Yeah. <laughs> and they can actually go to the bathroom without taking eight pieces off first, you know? Very true. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and then online, you can find me on Twitter at Jimmers with three M's, on Instagram at Jimmers with five M's, Because some son of a porg took the first three and four M's with Jimmers. (laughs) So at Jimmers with five M's on Instagram, at Jim Mason on Facebook... Yes, I could remember what that social media service is. (laughs) Um, This is a production of the Graphic Content Podcast. The official page for that can be found at facebook.com at graphicpodcast. And we also have a group that is moderated called Holonet HQ that you can join. Uh, Just send a request and either Nikki or Robert will look at that just to make sure you are a robot Uh, that is for good or a robot that is to sell Adidas at 50% off prices straight from And Ray-Bans. And (laughs) Ray-Bans. Those people cannot join, but just about anybody else who's strong in the force can, and that's anybody who wants to join. So for these guys, this is Jim saying, until next time, may the force be with you always.